Hello, brothers. My name is Doug Draper. <clears throat> I'm a 1992 graduate from the University of Kansas, and I would like to welcome you to On the Banks. Some of you may know that On the Banks, it's really the only fraternity podcast where we meet brothers, share stories, and embrace uh, our shared values uh, of the fraternity. Um, today, we're going to talk about mental health. Um, uh, mental health is arguably the biggest challenge impacting students across North America, and it's a huge topic of discussion across campuses in North America. And on this episode of On the Banks, uh, we're gonna learn how the Western Ontario chapter is not necessarily talking about the problem, but they're taking action. Uh, and they're taking action with honoring a brother who abruptly took his own life in, in 2009. So um, there's no better way to get started and, and, and talk about this and really understand the impact that uh, Western Ontario is having is to bring on our guest who is Andrew McCain. Andrew, thanks for joining on the banks. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Awesome. 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 So um, before we jump into it, uh, we kind of like to learn about our guests, right? We're all brothers. We all like to learn a little bit about something. So before we get into the topic, um, just kind of tell us about yourself, where you're from, why you decided to pick uh, Western Ontario and the Fiji chapter, and what are your grand plans when you graduate from college? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada. I mm -hmm. uh, moved over to Western in 2018. And so I've been here for the last five years. I'm finishing up my fifth year of my degree where I'm completing an R specialization in economics and a minor in computer science. Um, and so after university, I'm going to be moving to Toronto, which I'm quite excited for. And then hopefully I'm planning on moving down to the States, pursuing a role in consulting, and then eventually venture capital is my end goal. Yeah, I think when when you and I uh, were talking earlier, that, that's an impressive resume. I was just trying to get through college when I was there. So <laughs> kudos to you. It's, uh, you're representing our organization very well. Thank you. So, yeah, of course. Um, so let's talk about the event, right? It's an amazing uh, tribute to, to a brother. It's an incredibly important cause. And uh, why don't you kind of jump into it and talk about uh, the event you put on um, and um, a little bit of the history. Yeah, so um, the Austin Burlette Campout is a campout in honor of one of our brothers. So um, the chapter of uh, Western Ontario was founded in 1968, but we uh, recharted in 2008. And so Austin Burlette was actually one of our founding brothers during the recharter. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, he abruptly took his life um, due to mental health issues. And so in honor of his legacy uh, with his family and with the help of the CMHA, our chapter started this event called the Austin Burlett Campout for Mental Health. And so the goal of this event is not only to raise money for the CMHA, but also to raise awareness around mental health, which is something that wasn't really talked about um, back in 2000, uh, like the late 2000s uh, era. And so now we've been doing this every year. Um, we work usually in the fall it's about a week-long process of tabling to raise awareness mm -hmm. uh, we do something called the whiteboard campaign where everyone writes why they camp out so i camp out because it's okay to not be okay i camp out for a specific person uh, such as austin Berlet. i camp out for myself um, really helping raise awareness for that week on campus and we do it right in the center of campus uh, in a building called uh, ucc so it's really our community center mm -hmm. and then at the end of that all we come together for an event and so in the past it was uh, typically a lot of speakers where you would see um, 
you'd see speakers such as the mayor, you'd see the CMHA, uh, motivational speakers. And lately we've pivoted into a bit more of a concert oriented um, session so that it brings out a lot more of the community while still holding the speakers. So you'll typically see um, the MC come up, do the introduction, the CMHA will come up, do an introduction, then we'll have a local artist perform, then move into uh, some more keynote speakers, then another local artist to wrap it up before we spend the uh, evening camping out in honor of his legacy again to uh, raise awareness. And we'll do that on Concrete Beach, which is just outside of our community center uh, on campus. That's great. So um, I know you used the, uh, the initials CMHA, um, the Canadian Mental Health Association. Talk to us a little bit more about that. I just want to make sure our audience understands what those four letters mean. Yeah, so the Canadian Mental Health Association, um, pretty self-explanatory, I think, in the name. They represent mental health across all of Canada, so they're a nonprofit organization. Um, they have different... Uh, kind of similar to a fraternity where they have their overarching organization, but then they have chapters in each city. And so we work directly with the London chapter to really impact our community right here. And they're entirely centered around uh, mental health and really mostly uh, crisis mental health, not long-term. So you would go to them for uh, a crisis situation where you need help immediately, and then they would help you in the immediate and refer you to more long-term mental health care if you needed that. Got it. Okay. Great, thanks for that explanation. So the event is generally in the fall and it's kind of an all, all week event. One of the things, um, I wanna slice that into a couple different things because there's um, um, two things that caught my attention. One is the whiteboard, right? Um, that seems pretty cool. So give us a visual what that looks like um, to the audience. And then maybe if you, um, maybe what you have written on the board or what some other bro brothers have written or maybe some messages about um, you know, why, why you're camping out. So explain and give us a visual of that whiteboard and some of the things you've seen written on them. Um, yeah, as I said, there's usually tons of stuff that gets written on them because it's a very personal experience. And we get a lot of people uh, in and out of Fiji uh, and also in and out of the Greek scene in general, since we're in that community center. Um, our, our campus isn't as similar to the U.S., I don't think, because we're Canadian, where a lower percentage of the population is in the Greek community. My understanding is that most of the U.S. Uh, Greek community is quite large. And so for us, it's really important because it's probably one of the closest events to um, the non-Greek community when it comes to philanthropy, where we're getting high levels of engagement mm -hmm. since people are just walking through. And so um, it's really similar to just uh, uh, any type of mental health awareness event that's going on. We partner closely with our student council and we'll set up a giant banner right in the middle of the uh, university community center. And as people come by, we'll be tabling and we'll invite them to come take a picture with the banner that says Austin Burlett Campout and they'll write on there. And as I'd mentioned, usually a very common one is it's okay to not be okay. Um, it's okay to talk about uh, mental health um, or specifically naming someone that has been affected by mental health um, or lost their life to suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool that it's inclusive, right? It's not just a Fiji event. It's not just mm -hmm. a Greek event. It's a student event. And I'm sure there's even folks outside of the, uh, the university that, that, that partake. So the inclusion uh, of, the, uh, of the event is, is really cool and, and mm -hmm. uh, speaks to you. Yeah. Yeah, and we work very closely with Austin Burlett's family. They come every single year and speak, and they're always so excited to see that it happens year after year after year because um, 
obviously none of us in chapter now ever knew him because it's been over 10 years but the legacy still continues and we're still uh doing the important work which is what really matters yeah well good fijis think alike because that's exactly what i was going to have you talk about would you <laughs> uh, as far as uh, his family coming back to speak um i don't expect you to resuscitate what they've spoken about but that is quite an honor mm -hmm. uh, every year to come back so talk a little bit about um maybe what they've talked about and kind of what it's like there whenever the parents uh, of Austin stand up and, and speak to him and, and either his struggles or his successes. So walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I, it's always quite emotional. Um, I got to say, there's always a lot of tears when they come up and speak every year and a lot of chills. Uh, they have some very powerful things to say, and they always talk about um, just what exemplified him as a person, which is so interesting because it's also what exemplifies a good Fiji and what makes us all so excellent and yeah just uh he was like such a loving and caring guy where he never wanted to do harm to anyone he just wanted to go hang out with his friends complete his degree he was also very very bright he'd uh had published papers already um he was pursuing his degree in physics so quite a bright mind um which was really unfortunate that we lost him and it's um yeah, it's always a tough, tough thing to talk to his parents, especially when they're giving the speech. And I know it's tough for them, too. And we really appreciate that they come in every year and do that. Yeah, yeah we've talked in, on a couple other of the episodes that we have uh, with undergraduate chapters about philanthropy. And one of the successes is having that personal connection with the chapter, you know, not flipping over or, or opening up a, 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 a phone book. And I'll explain to you what a phone book is later. But mm. um, it uh, to have that personal connection and the fact that they come back year after year, I, I can just imagine how how um, impactful that would be in the audience listening to those parents. So yeah, it really is. So tell us a little bit about um, the honor comes with the fundraising, and we're going to talk a little bit about how you use that money in a second because it is. Uh, uh, I was blown away when you were talking to me about it, but. Uh, first and foremost, like, how do you guys raise the money? Is it just donations whenever you're at the table? Um, are you soliciting? Talk to about talk to us about that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty multi pronged, I'd say. So um, ticket sales is obviously a primary revenue source. Mm -hmm. um, during that, we also work with other members of our Greek community. So they'll come in and they'll generally do um they'll generally table at our event where they'll host their own, whether it be auction or uh, some form of event that they can, um, that they can charge people for. I think one year, one of the sororities was doing pie a president, something like that, which was pretty fun. Uh, so they coordinated getting all the presidents involved on that. Um, and then the next kind of prong of that revenue comes from corporate sponsorships. So we spend a lot of time usually starting Around uh, around now, so December, January, uh, calling up different corporate sponsors and saying we have a full corporate sponsorship package, which includes the benefits of each tier that you can sponsor at. Um, and we just start calling them up and seeing if anyone wants to donate. And sometimes they'll donate uh, goods or times they'll donate cash. And then if they donate goods, we'll use that into a silent auction as well. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, the, if the events in the fall and you just said, um, uh, now which Sorry, is it, it's right. in the it's in the spring I, oh, okay I got, it, got it maybe i misunderstood but still yeah. i think the point there is uh it's not you just wake up and decide to do it in a week there's some some um, strategy and planning around 
yeah, generally our team will start, um, generally we'll start around talking in August, September, um, cause that's when the school year starts picking up and it'll more just be ideating on if there's any major changes we want to do. And then around, uh, around November, everything will be in line. And then by January, once we come back, it's a big, uh, sponsorship push. And then the event is generally in March. So you'll see around the end of February, start of March is when all of the stuff starts showing up in our house to prepare. And it just gets piled into closets as we're storing it um, before the event. Yeah, great. Well, the one thing that impressed me, Andrew, about the chapter and, and your approach to this is that, you know, after you raise the funds, you're just not writing a check and mailing it off to the headquarters of the Canadian Mental Health Association. You guys have done an amazing job of keeping it local, right, to, mm. to, to the university. And then talk about that $700 a day, that whole story that you laid out for me. I thought that was pretty impressive. So talk to us about the local and then um, talk to us about uh, that $700 a day um, figure. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, the CMHA uh, kind of operates in a fraternity where they are across all of Canada, but they have their local chapter. So we work with the local uh, London, I think it's the Middlesex uh, chapter is the exact name, um, which is a subsection of Ontario. And then, uh, and so usually what we're doing is uh, we have a special account set up with them. So we work directly with about two to three people and the funds in that account are directly used for our campus. So they don't go anywhere else in the CMHA. They're only used for funding on our campus. And so I spoke with them, I think about two years ago, because we were trying to understand what the cost was. So it may have risen a little bit, but it was approximately $700 a day to operate these um, crisis counseling sessions. And so these crisis counseling sessions that operate on our campus are essentially satellites that exist um, usually during an exam period, because that's the highest stress time for a student, where any student can walk into a CMHA crisis satellite station on our campus and get help immediately as i said um, the goal isn't long-term help it's immediate help so maybe you're really stressed about your exam tomorrow or you just failed an exam and you know that and you're not in a good mental health headspace um, you would be available to go to these um, campus uh, cmha crisis centers and this is really important because um, during exam season uh, our campus used to not actually have the mental health support open um, when we were first starting this. Now they do have it open. However, uh, it's generally at capacity. So it's quite difficult to get in with anyone to speak to them. And so by working directly with the CMHA and setting this up to ensure all the funds are going directly to our campus, we're able to go to our sponsors and say, for every $700 that you're able to donate, we're able to keep this crisis counseling center open for an extra day on our campus. And so um, I know that we've been averaging about uh, between 25 to 30 days of funding each year now, which is pretty strong. And it's really nice to be able to quantify it in that way. So I'm not just saying, oh yeah, we raised blank dollars. I'm saying we kept our crisis counseling centers open for 25 days on our campus during exams. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, that the, the thing I like about that one is it's tangible, right? Yeah. That when you go out and talk to a sponsor, uh, a supporter, you know, even somebody that, that's writing on the whiteboard and, you know, $700 equals one day of support. That's a, um, you know, a powerful message and very tangible. So that's, that's cool that you guys found that connection. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and to 28, what'd you say? How many days? Um, 28 days you've been able or 25? Yeah, it's usually around 25. I think um, the highest we ever did was about like, um, I want to say it was like 38 days. The The highest we ever raised was just shy of 25K, which was wow. quite, quite exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So I'm going to um, shift gears a little bit and talk about the chapter and their relationship with it. Um, yeah. So talk about the motivation, right? When, when we're talking to different chapters, they want to do something. They, they mm -hmm. want to help out. They want to live the values of the fraternity friendship, knowledge, and service is part of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Austin is, is not a, 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 an active brother anymore. So how do you get the brothers to, to engage and feel passionate about it and get out there and, and engaged in the event? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of it is culture uh, mm -hmm. and just being very persistent with it because obviously I wasn't around when, they, when it was a, the uh, event was initially founded. But from everything that I've heard, speaking to a lot of the graduate brothers who were around during that time, um, it was one of those things where it started as a one-year event and they weren't really sure, oh, do we do this next year? Do we not? We already have philanthropy events. And then um, they kind of realized, yeah, we should do this again. So they did it again for the second year. And then they did it again for the third year and the fourth year and the fifth year. And it just kept going. And um, I remember even the event has changed it's it's not been the same thing every year it's it's changed as the brothers have changed but the overall uh goal the overall story the mission has stayed the same and I think just understanding what the mission is is really important for the event even if it's going to change as the chapter changes and grow with the chapter mm -hmm. um so we've seen a lot of changes especially through COVID uh that was the year that I was the CEO of the event and during that time uh, it was all online. So that was that was quite interesting. And even leading up to that, a lot of us were talking, trying to figure out, do we keep going with this? It's been 10 years. Um, and even their parents were saying, it's been 10 years. If you guys want to retire it, I mean, that's fine. But overall, our entire chapter has a culture around this, uh, around this mission. And it uh, it's very passionate about it. And I think it's like fed into our culture because even during our um during our RNC at chapter meetings, everyone speaks very open and candidly about their mental health. And I believe that that culture is entirely cultivated by the fact that we're hosting such a large scale event about this, where um, brothers in our chapter are just very comfortable being open with each other when they're having struggles. Mm -hmm. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, so you said the events kind of ebbed and flowed, and I wanted to get your take. Now you're going to be Five years from now, Andrew, you're going to be buying and selling companies left and right in <laughs> role, right? But if, if if you could, um, you know, kind of give us a perspective of five years out, right? I, I know you're not going to be directly connected to it, but maybe some ideas and like, how do you, uh, on a personal, uh, your personal take, uh, five years from now, what do you think the event will look like? Um, hmm. You know, I... Personally, I see five years from now that this is going to grow outside of just our chapter. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of been in the conversation for the past two years is how do we make this outside? Uh, we've never framed this philanthropy event as a like necessarily a Fiji philanthropy event. It was a very uh, in honor of Fiji, ran by Fiji's, entirely framed as its own individual event, set up as its own uh 
organization partnered with the CMHA. So we've talked about turning it into its own nonprofit. Uh, we've talked about partnering directly with uh, other chapters across Canada because the CMHA is quite a large uh, organization, as I had mentioned, and uh, the University of Calgary chapter and the University of Edmonton chapter also do philanthropy events for the CMHA. So we've tried to look at ways that we could partner with them. So I could easily see in five years that this event um, has grown past just our chapter into a bit more of a Canadian national event. Yeah, that's great. And and like we were saying that uh, the, the the mission and mental health is not a Fiji um, yeah. discussion. It, it's a student discussion across all college, North America, across the world. Right? Yeah, it really is. So that's really cool. All right. This is kind of the, uh, the, the parting shots, right? I want to set a couple more questions for you. So personally, what's been your proudest accomplishment with this event um, over the years and your involvement? Um, hmm. I, for me, it was definitely the year uh, that I was fully in charge uh, because that was just such uh, it was such an unbelievable experience. Um, I know everyone, I don't know if this is a common phrase. I imagine it is, though, where they say uh, you get out more than what you give in, even if it doesn't feel like that while you're giving everything in. And so um, going through running an event of this size and organizing and speaking to all these different sponsors, uh, is always quite an interesting experience. You meet some interesting characters too. Uh, one time we met a bachelor, uh, like a like a guy from The Bachelor, because he wanted to come keynote speak. So that was like you meet interesting people, but at the same time you also uh, learn a lot. So in terms of my leadership, it let me develop in uh, leading teams because it's not just one person running this event. It's a committee of about seven to eight people and uh then the entire chapter's weight is behind you so when push comes to shove you have the entire chapter get done but it's really about eight guys doing the groundwork and one dude pointing in a direction and saying run and so having the opportunity to be the person who is getting to point in the direction and lead a team there and be like this is what our goal is everyone's on board getting everyone on board was a great leadership experience and it really helped me uh in terms of how i work with teams and it really makes me uh feel proud knowing how much we were able to produce and uh raise awareness about this event and also even more just keeping those crisis counseling centers open our campus we've had um brothers in our chapter who have spoken about using uh the service we've had the cmha tell us uh statistics obviously they can't tell us anything that would expose um personal information, but they've told us quite a few statistics of the use right. uh, in the past. And it's just, it's very fulfilling to know that you're making an impact on people that you've never met. And you're also learning skills at the same time, just by getting involved. Yeah. Andrew, that is called building courageous leaders, which is over ah, yes. the shoulder there. So <laughs> building is, courageous leaders. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So here's the last question I have, right? So there's, um, you have found an amazing niche and there's chapters across uh, North America that have done the same but if there's chapters out there that are trying to find their cog their wheel you know their their, their purpose related to philanthropy what advice would you give those chapters to find uh, something they can be passionate about yeah um I think as I mentioned early earlier really having that mission statement the event isn't what's most important it's the mission and then once you have the mission 
and the goal, you can start to build the event around it. And you've got to grow outside of just um, your chapter or your Greek community into the greater chapter, uh, greater community, as I mentioned. So being very involved with our city, with our student council, um, with the CMHA has really enabled us to be a lot more successful because we've been given access to all these resources um, to help make this event work. And then once you kind of figure out what that mission is and what you want the initial event to be, just really persist through, keep going. It's not easy to stand up an event, but every year that you do it, it gets smoother and smoother. And eventually, as you said, uh, it turns into another clog like Clock, like clockwork that uh, just spins in your chapter, which is nice. Mm -hmm. That's great. So Andrew, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on the show today. You, you individually, you as a chapter uh, have done amazing work with this event and, and supporting the Canadian Mental Health Association. Um, and I want our audience to know that there's lots of resources out there uh, at the uh, international headquarters to support mental health. And we'll put some, uh, some links and things on the, on the bottom of the show. Um, but I'll tell you what, Andrew, you're an impressive young man. You have a good future ahead of you and really Thank appreciate you. what you've done for our fraternity up there at your at Western Ontario. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for and, having me. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'd also like to thank uh, all of our listeners and brothers for joining us today on On the Banks. We look forward to seeing you again uh, the next time where we will meet amazing brothers like Andrew. We'll share some incredible stories like we just did. Um, and uh, until next time, just want to let you know I'm mighty proud to be a Fiji.